0: Today on CityCast Chicago, are y'all excited about the new trailer that just dropped for the bear?
1: Your shirt says original birth.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty mistake. Collector's item. The show brought Chicago's iconic Italian beef to a wider audience. And while we wait for the season two premiere on Hulu next month, now is the time to perfect your version of the sandwich or at least find the best beef joint in town. In his podcast, Proof from America's Test Kitchen, Kevin Pang set out to learn what makes the perfect Italian beef. And he stopped by earlier this year to tell us what he found. It's Thursday, May 18th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is What Chicago's Talking About. Kevin, welcome to CityCast Chicago.
1: Hey, Jacoby, nice to be with you.
0: Now, I appreciate you making time. Kevin, the title of the episode is The World's Greatest Italian Beef, something I'm sure plenty of Chicagoans going to have an opinion on. But first, for listeners who are not familiar with the sandwich, can you describe an Italian beef?
1: Oh, the Italian beef. Well, uh, you take roast beef, you shave it super well. You take roast beef that's been cooked for a long time with a lot of different spicings and italian uh uh, spices and garlic and basil and oregano and once you cook that you shave it super thin you pile it on a french roll and then you dip it in the pan drippings and then you top it with either uh uh grilled bell peppers or with uh this uh almost spicy pickled bricolage of vegetables relish called jardinera mm-hmm. And uh, it's this messy mound of a sandwich and, uh, Chicagoans have been eating it and loving it for nearly 100 years.
0: I had a friend call me just this past weekend. And he was just like, bro, I just walked out of Johnny's. And he said it's one of the best Italian beefs I ever had. And I mean, the, the beauty of it is it is a very simple sandwich, right? Beef piled onto uh, like a French roll with some with some juice, with some sauce and, and some and some peppers. But when people talk about Chicago's food canon, maybe at large, is, is the Italian beef on that Mount Rushmore?
1: You know, I don't think it would be high on the list because most people who are coming to Chicago for the first time, Jacoby, you know, the two things they want are deep dish pizza. Actually, the three things they want are deep dish pizza, a Chicago hot dog, and Garrett popcorn, right? Those are the three things that they want. Now, since I've been eating around Chicago professionally for so long, I would dare to say that I feel that rib tips and maybe the Italian beef are much more representative and even like the tavern style pizza because hey, you
0: my boy you said rib tips like I oh. was already with you as soon as you was like rib tips need to be on the list I was like come on Kevin for oh man for real. And, you, know,
1: we, you and I can be <laughs> best friends because like I am I love rib tips and I will man you and I will go down to Uncle John's and you know we'll we'll, we'll let's go but but you know but to my point though it's that you take you look at a food like rib tips you look at food like Italian beef you even look, look at a food like taverns like tavern style or or i'm sorry the party cut chicago pizza and i'm talking about like the cracker crust that you would get at something at a place like Vito next that is the food of the proletariat that is the food of the people you know
0: But the history, when I listen to the podcast episode, they say there's, you say there's what, three kind of different stories behind the Italian beef, but they all kind of share a theme. So so what is that history of the sandwich?
1: So I first really dove deep into Italian beefs when I was a food critic at the Chicago Tribune. This was many, many years ago. And I wrote a story in 2014 where I tried maybe about 22, 24 different Italian beef restaurants and I ate one for lunch and one for dinner every single day for a few weeks. It was kind of crazy it was a lot and I certainly got <laughs> some Italian beefs okay
0: well, Were you able to really get at the the minor differences and in, and in, in the right because it's a similar sandwich wherever you go, but obviously is is different wherever you go.
1: Totally. but you know what I, I look at it the same way Jacoby as if I'm standing at a Best Buy, And I see the row of TVs before me. Look, it's all a TV. It'll all play the same show. But when you're looking at it, you can spot the minute differences. One's Uh got bit bit better resolution. One's got better, like, saturation. One's got better contrast. You know, you're able to tell the minute differences. And especially when you are eating 24 Italian (laughs) beets in a row, you definitely can tell the minute differences.
0: Um, and so as you were going through this this marathon of sandwiches, what's that history that you you, you learn
1: about? So there was a lot of, uh, you know, I, I wasn't quite able to nail down the person who really came up with it. But then, you know, in recent months when I was embarking on this podcast for America's House Kitchen, the thing I realized, and I consulted this historian... My name's uh, Anthony Buccini. I'm by training an historical linguist, but I've been doing research in food history for a very long time now. Dr. Buccini is the authority on Italian beefs. He's the author of a paper titled From Peanut Weddings to Beef Stance The Socio Culinary History of Chicago's Italian Beef. Basically, he said rather than thinking of it as like one person inventing it, you need to look at it as. Um, It grew out of circumstance, Mm -hmm. and the circumstance was that around the 1920s and 1930s, there was a group of Neapolitans, which are the Italians from Naples, who would come specifically to Taylor Street. And it was an essential part of an institution in Chicago known as the Peanut Wedding, which was a working-class wedding, a poor wedding, and people would eat Italian beef at it. At a wedding gathering, you have people of all different ages, people without teeth or with bad teeth, kids who can't chew hard things. It's a perfect food that everyone could eat. The bread gets softened with the gravy and it works uh, for everyone. And Dr. Buccini said that you could, you know, this dish or some variation of it really existed back 500, 600, 700 years ago. But really, where it really became popular and took on the name Italian beef and served with the jardinera, that really happened on Taylor Street in Chicago.
0: So you actually set out to make the best Italian beef sandwich, which assumes you don't think it currently exists, right? You said something that I found really interesting. Like, you never really had in your life an Italian beef better than a B-minus, but that doesn't matter to you.
1: Well, first, uh, I mean, two points to say about that, Jacoby. So first, number one, world's best Italian beef. Yeah, you can say there's a little bit of hyperbole behind (laughs) that. You can say that we're trying to get people to listen to a podcast. But that was kind of the intention because and to point number two italian beefs are good i've never had one where i thought oh my god this has rocked my world you know and and seeing how that this dish post the bear on fx was lionized as this world's greatest sandwich i mean everybody and their mothers especially in food media national food media was writing about this like it was the next great thing like it was the world's greatest sandwich and like is it the world's greatest sandwich no is it a great sandwich yes but certainly not you know the world's greatest right and i wanted to create a italian beef that in my ideal would be beyond a b plus and hopefully become an a and an A plus, right? And so I decided to uh, team up with my local butcher and there's a a butcher shop uh, in Northfield, Illinois, uh, named Hofer. Uh, meat company and Hofer I meats actually been around for uh, many many decades and you know their uh, like their grandfather uh, of, of the owners like had a place on the south side and so there's a lot of deep history around that right but now it's been in um, the north suburbs and so I approached them one day and I knew these I knew the owners Sean and Ariel Hofer and I said what if you uh, made what if we come up with a really really like great Italian beef that number one respects the tradition of Italian beefs. And so, but what if we made it with, you know, the finest ingredients and whatever the price is, because most Italian beefs are eight, $9. If you try to charge $15, you would go out of business because people don't expect an Italian beef to be $15. But let's say, let's make an Italian beef for $15. Would it be twice as good as one that's seven fifty? So we set that out. These guys Saw it more than, oh, you know, it's you, this would be nice publicity. It, but for them, it was more than that, because mm-hmm. it was about these are dyed in the wool Chicagoans. And these are people that saw this as civic pride because they are. Uh, they are very much experts on butchering and on how to what cut what cuts of meat that they were going to work with They knew from the beginning that what they wanted to do they didn't want just to be uh, uh, this lean cut like bottom round that's usually what uh, Italian beefs are made of they decided to use chuck roll which is from the shoulder it's a little bit of a fattier cut fat equals flavor and they also decided not to use dry spices a lot of these places they'll just put like garlic powder and like dried oregano and things like that they wanted to use, Fresh garlic, you know, they wanted to use... Cook it
0: down uh, and then puree it into a sauce.
1: Precisely, precisely.
0: Throughout the podcast episode, there's this countdown towards B-Day. What was B-Day?
1: B-Day is... uh, We just called it B-Day because it was uh, short for Beef Day, which I suppose I really didn't shorten it that much, right? (laughs) I could have just called it Beef Day, the day that we were going to try to sell 100 of these sandwiches. And surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, the Hofer people, you know, head down. They knew exactly what to do. They were disciplined. Five days before B-Day on December 3rd, I was tasting it, and I thought, this is really incredible. Like, this beef is is unctuous and juicy and fatty, um, and the Jardínera was absolutely incredible. Uh, it, it was first made in 2019, and so this stuff's been aging, like in his basement for three four. It sounds kind of gross to say aging in the basement, but you know it's been <laughs> it's been uh, naturally fermenting and it's been aging gracefully for three years. And you know when you taste it, it really does taste different from any Jardinera that you have. There's this depth of flavor. It's funky. It's um, it's it's acidic, but without vinegar. A lot of Jardinera uses vinegar. This one doesn't. And it's just really, it, there's a depth of flavor that I've never had before about this Jardinera. And this was the one that he was serving to our guests on December 3rd. Well, firstly, I'm proud to be reduced down to my Jardinera. You can yeah. reduce me anytime you want. Um, uh,
0: the first thing I think of is my dad. We spent a lot of time together cooking. He worked at the shop here, and he taught me how to make this jardinero. and uh, I spent a lot of time making Jardinero with him. Was it the world's greatest Italian beef? Was it the best one? You, as someone who had done the research, eaten 24 on top of the life's worth of Italian beef that you had eaten, uh, how good was it?
1: Well, you know, uh it's hard for not, for, it's hard for me not to be biased. I mean, it was the best Italian B5 But, but you <laughs> All know, that I mean, set up to say it smacked. It was great. I mean, it is, but, but it's, here's the thing. It's that it's not me who thought, it doesn't matter what I think, right? It's like what How the customers, go? people, it, exactly. How do be, uh, what do people think about this? And so, um, you know, I, I won't spoil too much of sort of what happens, but we had some, uh, let's call them VIPs mm-hmm. uh, drop by. And, uh, you know, um, really it's what they thought and it's really what the customers who spent $16 on this thoughts. And, uh, you know, all I'll say is that it went way beyond what I expected. It was way more emotional because it wasn't just about was a sandwich good or not. And, um, you know, I I think for the for all those people involved, um, they got something out of it that I feel was really um, it really resonated with them and it really made all that work really worthwhile
0: kevin it was great to hear not only your personal history uh but to hear the the largest chicago history behind the sandwich uh to hear this uh this butcher shop and this family come together um it, it really was a great episode and i'm glad you came to city cash chicago to share a little bit of it with us thanks Jacoby. love your show Before I let you go, a little bit of news. Illinois' assault weapons ban will remain in effect for now. The U.S. Supreme Court declined to block the law as a federal appeals court in Chicago continues to hear cases against it. The Chicago Housing Authority voted unanimously to sell more former public housing land to the owner of a Southside tennis facility. The Excess Tennis Village opened in 2018 at the site of the former Robert Taylor Homes and is now looking to expand, building two flats and townhomes for employees and visiting athletes. The sale now awaits approval from the federal government. And some good news. Tonight at six, you can see No Blue Memories, The Life of Gwendolyn Brooks for free at the Harold Washington Library. It's written by poets Eve Ewing and Nate Marshall with music composed by sisters Jamila and Ayanna Woods. It blends live acting with paper cut puppetry. Trust me, I saw it Tuesday night and it was unlike any play I have ever seen. Shout out to everybody involved. They was on that stage hustling. I'll be back bright and early, breaking down some key stories from the week. Hopefully you'll join me in the meantime. In between time, head over to your inbox and read our daily newsletter. Hey, Chicago. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll forgive you today. You can subscribe at Chicago.citycast.fm. Peace.